Blog Talk Radio. Who may be listening, who may be watching. 
appreciate you all tuning in on this cold Sunday night. So, the question that I want to ask Ashley, more so of a statement. This morning I was uh, I was praying and normally I always try to have whatever I'm going to be discussing on the podcast. I try to have it in advance to let everybody know. And this week I prayed about it, didn't know what was going to be uh, discussed. And it hit me this morning. This morning, um, I felt the need to share with y'all some things that had transpired yesterday, and it will segue into what we're going to be discussing today. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of you and your purpose in the episode called Fight For It. Fight For It. In other words, don't stop until you get there. Don't stop until you get there. Don't stop until you get it. Today's topic actually came about because yesterday I went to go see my son. And as I was en route to go see my son, I ended up taking the wrong turn. I was trying to take a shortcut. And so I ended up taking the wrong turn. So when I took the wrong turn, I realized, hmm, I made the wrong turn. So what I did, I had to keep on going to the highway that I was on and take the next exit for me to turn around. And so I found the exit, which was half a mile away. I found the exit to exit off. So I exited off, and when I exited, I was at a red light excuse me so I made it to the red light and all of a sudden the light turned green and when the light turned green of course when it turned green that means that I have the right to go forward but even though my light was green even though I had the right to go forward I felt the need to wait I felt that there was a vehicle that was going to be coming that was going to run the red light. So when I looked, I didn't see a, I didn't see a vehicle. But I still felt the need to wait. And just as fast as I moved my head, when I looked the first time, I looked again, and there was a truck, a dark gray truck, that all of a sudden, and it looked like he was not going to stop. And as soon as I became aware of him, it was in my spirit. That dude is not going to stop. So that means I need to stand still, even though I had a right to go forward. And so as soon as I became aware of him and I saw this dude ain't going to stop, that dude ran the stop sign, excuse me, ran the red light. And as soon as he ran the red light, I said, Lord, thank you, because he would have hit me. And so as soon as he moved out the way, I went on and I made my U-turn and I looked and there was a cop that was standing right there that would have witnessed the accident. And so I made the U-turn and I went back to the right path that I needed to be on. In that moment, 
there were so many messages that was in my spirit. Get this. I had the right to go forward. He didn't. Even though I had the right to go forward, that would have caused me to have an accident. I would have got hit. True enough, he would have been at fault. But even though he would have been at fault, I could have been injured, could have been killed. Also, the other thing that hit me was as long as I was driving down the wrong path, I was not in danger of an accident. But when I became aware I was on the wrong path and wanted to make a U-turn to go back to the right path, that's where danger was. That's where the attack would have happened. That's where the accident would have happened. And so it went to let me know that as long as you're on the wrong path, you ain't going to have no problem. You ain't going to have no conflict. But as soon as you make up in your mind that you're going to do what's right, as soon as you make up in your mind that you're going on the right path towards your goal, towards your purpose, then that's when it seems like all hell breaks loose. But in the midst of that, what I found out was that was a, a scare tactic that the devil wanted to do to cause me to become fearful, even if I had made it to my son. Because that would have played in my mind throughout the whole throughout the whole day. You see how the devil tried to do things? He'll try to throw a scare tactic. Even when you make up in your mind you're gonna make it to a specific goal, you're gonna execute a certain plan. You're gonna always have the devil to try to implement suggestion. Get this. The devil doesn't have any power except for what we give him. But he's going to always give suggestions to make you succumb to his plan, not God's plan. And so when I made it to my son, I forgot all about what happened because I was so focused on where I needed to go. I thank God, don't get me wrong, I thank God that he protected me. But even though he God protected me, I had to be aware that the devil was always going to try to throw some type of scare tactic. Those that know me, you know, when I get ready to uh, speak, when I have a speaking engagement, or if God lead me to speak to someone at work, you know, what I found out was the devil going to always try to get rid of the message by getting rid of the messenger. What do I mean? What's important is the assignment that God has. And so God will use you as the messenger to carry an important message to someone or to some people. But the devil is not concerned about you. He's concerned about the message that may be within you. So what he would try to do, he would try to throw some scare tactic or he would try to do something to suppress the message from going forward. So what the devil would do a lot of times when I'm at work, when I know I'm going to be speaking on a specific day, I always get locked. I always get stuck in the elevator. That sounds crazy. But I always get stuck in the elevator. Why is that? Because the devil tried to throw fear 
you know, what we have to realize, there are wickedness in high places. And what we're dealing with, we're dealing with a spiritual matter. The devil is a spirit. And also we have to realize the devil will use people, influence people, to have them to go against you, even if you know them. He may use people that you know. He may be using people that you're close to. But he's going to always try to use somebody of influence to make you change your mind, to make you change your mindset. Because, like I said, the devil can't do anything. Only thing he can do is suggest. He will try to press his will towards yours. So when I realized that the devil will always try to bring some type of intimidation or some type of fear, then what you have to do is become aware that it's not anything but the devil trying to discourage you from doing what you need to do or become who you need to become. All of that transpired (laughs) because of what the devil tried to do yesterday. And so I felt the need to come on here and to share with you all the importance of you keep fighting. You know, God has an agenda for you, a purpose. Everything that you have planned for in your life, God already has the way made out for you. But just like how the how God has the way made out for you to become who he wants you to, the devil has a counterattack to make you suppress who God wants you to be, to make you give up where God wants you to keep going. You understand what I'm saying? So what we have to do, we have to understand that even though those weapons come towards us, we hear in the Bible, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. What does that mean? That means that the weapon is going to be made, but it will not make its intended target. We have to we have to realize that. Sometimes we get intimidated because we see the weapons of our warfare in front of us. That doesn't mean that they're going to not show up. They will show up. Sometimes the weapons are much bigger than us. Sometimes the weapons are much bigger than our abilities. Sometimes the weapons are much bigger than our ideals. Sometimes in our mindset, our goals. But we have to realize, just like the weapons are made, the de- the listen, God has a counterattack against the devil's attack. You think about David. David. David fought Goliath. Now get this. David, all he was was a little sheep herder boy. All he was was just a shepherd. He was just, he was the youngest of Jesse's children. And even when, even when Nathan went to go look for him, he went to go see who would be the anointed king. But guess what? Out of all the big brothers, hmm, it was none of Jesse's older kids. So when the prophet went to go ask Jesse, do you have another child? He said, yeah, it's the youngest one, but he's out there tending to the sheep. And that's when Jesse said, come here, 
I'm sorry, I said Nathan. I'm sorry, it was Samuel. But Jesse told him, I have the youngest, and eventually, when they went to go get the youngest, David, ten and sheeps, that's when the prophet said, it's him. He's the one. He's going to be the anointed king. So the youngest boy with, quote-unquote, limited abilities, limited experience, but eventually him tending sheep, look, it prepared him to deal with the giant called Goliath. You think about it. Everybody was intimidated by Goliath. But David, David was not looking at his abilities. He was looking at the ability that God had given him. And because of him relying upon not his own abilities, but God's ability, those three, those stones that David had, it only took one to kill the giant. So what we have to realize, even though David dealt with a giant much bigger than he, even the giant's equipment, artillery, way more was bigger than David. But the key thing, David did not look at that giant as someone that was going to overtake him. He looked at God was going to overtake that giant. And so what we have to look at when we encounter things, true enough, those, the devil going to always try to give up, to try to make us give in what the devil want us to do or the devil want us to become. But we have to realize our goal, our purpose is much greater than the giants that are in front of us. Like I said, these scare tactics that the devil tries to do, the devil is a bully, just point blank. The devil is a bully. He is a liar. He is a manipulative person. But just because you may see the devil in his actions, that doesn't mean that you give up your identity and watch his identity and take in that he's going to be the one to take you down. How many times have you dealt with a situation and you felt like, you know what, my God can help me overcome this situation? You know, the Bible tells us, we hear it all the time, he would never leave nor forsake us, which means he would never abandon us. He would never lead us out, leave us out. But when we serve a God that is faithful and committed to us, why do you think that we feel so helpless when we face situations or the storms in life, the storms of life when they come? A lot of times we look so much on our problem, but we forget who's with us. One of the things we have to do, we have to do things the way God wants us to do it. God has the ultimate plan for victory. Ultimately, we are already victorious. We're walking in victory. We're walking in victory in the heavenly realm. We just need to receive it in the earthly realm. And the way for us to receive it in the earthly realm is listen to the instructions from someone that have overcame the devil, overcame everything that the devil threw at us. So 
when I when I think about situations that occur, when I think about the situations that I may be trying to overcome, I think about all the time. You know what? Whatever comes my way, God always have a way of escape for us to get deal with and overcome any and everything that we've dealt with. He always has a plan for us. But are we listening to the plan that he has given us? Are we listening to the plan that God has given us? You know, one of the things I often think about, I'm sorry about the feedback. I'm trying to uh, try to fix this. Okay. Now, one of the things I think about when we deal with situations, you know, a lot of things that we deal with, it can be very hurtful especially when it comes down to depend upon people. You know, those people who give, it seems like the people that give, the people that love, the people that love hard, the people that bear up for people are the ones that often get used by people. But one of the things I found out, when we doing what God has for us to do, sometimes he will reveal things to us that sometimes we have overlooked or sometimes things that we don't want to accept. There are people that we may have gathered with in our beginning stages or in the beginning areas of our purpose, but along the way, sometimes people's character, true character is revealed. And like I said, sometimes it can be hurtful. Sometimes it can be very disappointing. But understanding for you to accept what God revealed, because it's for your good. Because a lot of times we end up, for those who love hard, for those who even try to help other people, sometimes we take on weight or we take on responsibilities that God did not design for us or assign us to do. Now, true enough, I could be walking down the street and see somebody and, you know what, that person needs some help. I can give them my last. But on the other hand, if I give and God did not assign for me to give, what if that particular person, what if it was a scam? Or what if they were going to use that money to bring harm to themselves or to somebody else? In other words, sometimes we make emotional decisions instead of making spiritual decisions or godly decisions. That's why the Bible tells us all the time to consult God in all of our ways. That means acknowledge him. That means consult him first in every area, in every decision that we're making. So that way, it gives God the responsibility or the liability in whatever thing that he has for us to do. So it's very important for us to consult God. And understand that God has our best interest at heart. And like I said, sometimes when God reveals things, you may share the truth. It may be very hurtful, but you have to accept it for you to go forward. You know, it's not just friends. Sometimes it can be very disappointing. Sometimes it can be family. Sometimes it can be people that you have grown up with all your life. And come to find out when you were trying to help them, come to find out they were secretly trying to hurt you come to find out they might have been secretly jealous of you. They might have been envious of you. While you praying for them and 
praising them for the accolades that God has helped them, they might be putting your name out there in the mud. They might be doing things to sabotage you, a Sabbath that God has given you to do. So what do you have to do? You have to always pray and ask God to keep you spiritually sensitive to the assignment and also the people who may not mean you any good. Like I said, sometimes we accept the people that God sends, but sometimes we choose people that God did not send. And so that's why it's important for us to always be obedient and trust in God, because whenever you're about to go somewhere in life, sometimes God will have to trim the fat. Hmm. Like I said, sometimes even in that pruning, in that pruning that God does, and the funny thing about it, it's for our good. Sometimes, like I said, it's not the people that God sent. Because whenever God does something, whenever God sent people, it's to bless you or to encourage you or for you to encourage them. But like I said, there are some people that God sent. There are some people that we pick up. Sometimes we pick up emotional or spiritual hitchhikers that God did not authorize us to pick up. We are not Uber drivers in this walk of life. We're not. And so what God wants us to do, God wants us to be aware of all time and listen, and to consult him, God, is this my assignment? Is this someone that I should bless or is this someone I should stay away from? And sometimes we stay away from the people that God wants us to accept, but also sometimes we accept the ones that God wants us to stay away from. <laughs> I'm telling you like this, if you can't say amen, say ouch. Have we been guilty of it? Just in case nobody want to be transparent, I've been guilty of it. But that gives me the spiritual responsibility to make sure the next go round to consult God. That's why it's so important for us to have our spiritual antennas on high alert. Have it so sensitive because understand, we don't own anything. God is the owner. We're just the managers of what God owned that he has allowed us to use. So in order for us to be a good steward or a good manager, we have to consult the owner to ask him if he's the one that's bridging this uh, fellowship or connection together. It's so important for us to understand our importance, you know, even in the midst of you seeking your purpose, you can you seeking your identity. You know, God will always make you aware. God will always make you aware of your identity. But we have to accept that if we want to be blessed, we have to accept that. God is revealing things, but a lot of times we're so unfocused on God in the direction of God, we end up getting sidetracked. Instead of us paying attention to the roles of life or of our purpose, we're distracted by sightseeing instead of paying attention to what God is trying to tell us to do. You know, I found out with the assignments that God has for us and the importance of God, what God has for us, like I said, the devil going to always try to challenge 
you or challenge your identity in the midst of the journey that you're traveling. You know, I found out just in case, maybe nobody has experienced it, maybe it's just me, but have you ever gotten ready to do something and you know that God is leading you to do something and then what's going to happen? The devil going to always try to throw some type of suggestion or he may send people to make you question your identity or even if you supposed to be doing it, you're unqualified to do it. You, you don't know what you're talking about. You, you Look here. What would the devil do? He would always try to bring up your past. He will always try to make you feel inadequate. Oh, you ain't qualified. You ain't suited to do it. Oh, look at how you grew up. You know, oh, you you a woman who got five kids by six baby daddies. You don't even know who the last baby dad is. And you saying God wants you to give your life to him and uh, 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 spread his word, child. Spread his word. No, you keep on spreading your legs. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, nobody going to believe you. Everybody remember you. You was out there on the streets. Everybody remember you were out there selling your body to just any and everybody. So, look here. They ain't going to listen to you. You ain't even equipped. You talking about God. Child, you better shut up and go on back over there in the corner. The devil going to always try to talk to you and bring up some things. And guess what? True enough, we talk about the uh, Satan is the father of lies, but guess what? He is the father of lies, but also he will even use some truth. <laughs> he will even bring up some stuff that you know is true. But just because he bring it up, just because it may be true, that doesn't mean that you're not equipped. That doesn't mean that God can't use you. That doesn't mean that God don't want to use you. So the devil going to try to question you. The devil going to try to challenge you. The devil going to always try to make you feel insecure, to make you feel like you can't talk. You can't use, you can't do this. You can't do that. He's going to always try to make you feel some type of way about yourself. When you go into parts unknown, when you go into an area that's very unfamiliar with, you know, those those that uh have seen the show, I I brought this up some time ago, but for years I struggled with accepting my calling to preach. I struggled with it because I was dealing with a personal issue, and then also the other thing was I felt like mm, God may not use me. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it or not because I've never been the most eloquent speaker. I've never been the most educated person. That's the way I saw myself. And truth be told, I was not a straight A student when I was in school. Now, when I was in high school and all that, uh, high school, middle school, I was not on the honor roll. (laughs) The only role that I was affiliated with was the role that they serve in the lunchroom. But other than that, look here, I would struggle and barely pass with a C. But when I started going up, when I graduated high school and I went off to college, one of the things I did, I accepted my responsibility. And instead of sitting in the back, I moved up to the front. I started sitting in the front. I started working extra harder. 
I had to work hard. Sometimes I would have to work three or four times as hard just to be able to be equal to someone who just had it easy. But I did my part and I did more. Sometimes the old saying, you have to burn a midnight oil. You have to show God that you're serious, you're sincere, you will fight for it. And every time you will fight for it, God will always open up an avenue to help you. And so with that, I felt like, well, you know, I don't know if I'll be able to uh, preach. I don't want to bring a stain to God's name. I don't want anybody because, you know, some people know my, my background. I grew up in a single family home. I stayed, I was living with my mom and my dad was over here and I still act, I don't want nobody to think, oh, you know, no, no. I lived in a single family home and I received love not only from my mother, but from my father. My father, which is to me, the most important man in my life right now. And for me to be able to have the relationship, even though I came from a single family home, and then also as an adult, then all of a sudden, you know, I'm looking. And at the time, I was married, and I had a son, I had a stepdaughter. And I'm saying, but God, you want me to preach? I'm not the most eloquent speaker. You know, uh, sometimes I get nervous when I have to speak. I don't really like talking, <laughs> but God told me to go forward. And when I finally did, it was like a weight that lifted off of me. And I brought that up because when I finally accepted my calling, and I was like, yes, I'm going to do it, regardless of what people may think, what people may say, they didn't call me. God, I know you called me. I had to learn to leave out what other people think or say, even if it was family or friends. I, I had to learn that. I had to learn to start having thicker skin. Don't take it personal when people try to attack or when people talk talk about you. When people talk about you, utilize it like this. All publicity is good publicity. So when people talk about you, let them talk about you as long as you're doing the right thing. As long as you're not giving them fuel to talk negative about you. But when people talk about you, that's an opportunity to proclaim who you represent. I was like, okay, yes, I'm going to do that. So that Sunday, when I announced it at church that I accepted my calling, I left church. We stayed 12 minutes away from the church. I pulled up in the driveway. I would never forget. That Sunday, I pulled up in the driveway. And I got an anonymous call, somebody that blocked their number. And my thing is, I answer all calls. I ain't dodging nobody or nothing. I don't do that now. I don't care if it's a bill collector. Hey, it's my phone. I'm paying for it. So I'm going to answer my call. So I answered the call. And the person asked me a biblical question. They, they Listen, they were too much of a coward to acknowledge who they were first time. And so... They asked a biblical question without them addressing who they were. And so they gave me a general question. I gave them a general answer. And they said, wrong, and blah, blah, blah. And you call yourself caught. You're supposed to be called a man of God. Clunk, clunk. That was, listen, 
that was 12 minutes. Let's say 20 minutes. 20 minutes from the time I made my call in public until the time I got that phone call from that coward. Just for you to know, the devil going to always try to do something and hide. You understand? Know the devil going to the devil or devilish people going to always try to do things underhanded. Going to always try to do things, throw a rock and hide their hand. But I had to learn this is a part of life. Not just ministry, just life in general. Understand, when you deal with people or when you deal with people that the devil is using, the devil going to always try to do something sneaky, underhanded. That's the devil tactics. But that's the devil tactics, but that doesn't mean that you have to do the same thing. Just because other people do it, that does not give us the license to do the same thing back. It's just like for those who may be watching, have you ever had somebody to do something? They might you might have been at school, they might have hit you, nobody saw it. But as soon as it hit you back, as soon as you hit them back, all eyes on you. <laughs> and it it seems so unfair. Wait a minute, they did it, no, but you the one got caught. You understand? That should let us know that we're the ones that's supposed to give it to God and let God deal with that. Because every time we take matters to our own hands, number one, we get caught. Number two, we mess it up. We don't mess it up for them. We mess it up for us. <laughs> that, that, that's crazy. But on the other hand, it's a lesson well learned. Because God wants us to have the responsibility of letting him fight our battles, not for us fight our battles. Whenever we try to fight our own battles, we're actually getting out of our purpose to do something that only God can do or the only thing that God should do. God is supposed to be taking care of us. We just need to stay on course. We just need to take care of the assignment that's at hand. That's fulfilling the purpose and plan that God has for us. In other words, we we need to be obedient to what God has for us to do. You know, I had somebody to um, to come and talk to me this week, and it's pertaining to even obedience. And I understood what they were saying, but they said, you know, well, what is the highest praise? What is the highest praise? And I guess they're waiting for me to say a particular word that we normally would say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah is the highest praise. I said, I didn't say it out loud. I just put a person aside. I said, no. Hallelujah is not the highest praise. It's obedience. Because you think about it, the devil can say hallelujah. Say it like this. There are some people that you know they have said Hallelujah. And then they'll cuss you out in a minute. <laughs> so the highest praise is obedience. Obedience to God. When you obey God, obey him and let him handle things. Obedience. Obedience to God. That's the 
that's the greatest form of worship we can give to God, obedience to him, obedience. And what I mean, I don't mean just, okay, God, I mean, as far as even when God may tell you, hey, put down that plate, you know, give up your food for three or four days, you know, talk to me. I want to commune with you. Okay. Okay. Just, yes, Lord. Okay. That develops the trust. That develops more knowledge of in the character of God. Not only for you to know God, but also for you to know your relationship within God, even for you to know yourself. How dependent we are upon God. We need God in every area. So I said all that because a lot of things that we may be dealing with, true enough, there's a purpose, there's an agenda that God has for us. And the devil trying to throw you off, the devil trying to get you off course. But what I want to talk to, I want to talk to your your mind and your spirit right now. The devil may be trying to deal with you right here to make you give up or make you abandon what God has for you to do. There are some hope, there are some dreams that you feel like, I don't know if I'll be able to do it. But did God tell you to do it? That within itself should let you know that God equipped you for it. But what you have to do in whatever assignment that God has for you, you hold it here and you listen to the Father's instructions to help you to overcome whatever the devil try to whatever the devil try to throw at you, you won't even be phased by it. Because your mind is focused on what God told you to do and God will tell you how to do it. Whatever God helped you to do, He already equipped you for it. So don't think that you're unqualified because of your past experience or past mistakes or because of your inadequacy or because of your lack of experience. To be honest with you, you might be the perfect one because there may be people who may be more experienced in it that may not be qualified because they feel like they don't need God in that situation. But you know, you in a situation that you've never dealt with and you're very unknowledgeable about it, you know you're going to need God. So, hey, accept the responsibilities that God has for you. But the most important thing you need to do is make sure you're doing things God's way. And understand, when you are about to go into your purpose, your goal, your your dream, your the prayers that you have before God, expect the devil to fight. That's the main thing we have to understand. We we should be expecting the devil. You know, as long as if you're playing basketball, if you're playing football, any type of sport, as long as your back is closer to the opponent's goal, you're no threat. Only time you're a threat is when the ball is in your hand, you're closer to your goal, or you're closer to your net, or you're closer to your field goal, you're closer to the touch line, touchdown. As long as you are closer to your goal, that's when your opponent, the devil, is going to try to fight more. But don't think it's strange. That's his job. But what you have to do, you have to do your job. But before you do your job, you have to know your job. I want to talk to the people right now that God told you to do something and you feel like you can't do it. You might be waiting on somebody to come along for you to go ahead and do it. The person you're waiting on ain't man. 
the person you're waiting on ain't a man. The person that you're waiting on is already here. If God told you to do it, what you need to do is go ahead and do it. You waiting on, look, you waiting on somebody and God waiting on you. Person that you need to have with you to help you to move forward is already with you. But what you have to do, you have to acknowledge that you don't need people. You need God. And when you accept that God helped you to do that assignment and you want to go ahead and do it in his timing and his method, then the people that you need along the way, he will dispatch them on that path. You know, we think about in the Bible, the Bible tells us when it came down to the 10 lepers that were healed, they were healed as they went. They were going to the, they were going to get a clean bit of health from the doctor. Jesus told them to go show themselves to the priest and they were healed when, as they went. But the key thing we have to remember they were obedient in going forward to see the physician. But even though 10 went to go see the physician and they were healed as they went, 10 were healed, but one went back to worship to say thank you. That's what we have to realize. As you go, God will dispatch people. God will bring your healing of your inadequacy, of your insecurities, of your inability to speak, or your inexperience in this or that. As you go, you just do what God told you to do. So regardless of your background, regardless of your past, don't let the devil rob you from the purpose and plan God has for you to do. Don't allow the devil to make you feel that you can't do it. And you know what? It could be hard. But you know what? Sometimes, even when the devil put pressure upon us, sometimes we put pressure upon ourselves. Sometimes we put more pressure upon ourselves than really that is needed. You know, one of the things I found out, there's a difference between when somebody is scared or when somebody is in expectation, or there's another word I was trying to say, the difference between being scared or anxious, that's what it is, anxious. You know, those that know me, I used to be scared of, you know, playing the drums or talking to people. Uh, I was always an introvert. And to a degree, still am at some points. But now that nervousness, that that feeling, that feeling is still there, but it's a different type of feeling. It's no longer fear. Now it's anxiousness. I'm anxious. I'm 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 anticipating what's going to happen because at first I used to always be fearful of messing up. I used to be fearful of this and that. But when I came to myself and acknowledged who I was in God and giving everything to God and letting him know, hey, look here, God, I need you to do this. We're a conduit. We're just, if you want to say, we're just the, uh, let's just say like the hose. 
like a garden hose. And the most important thing about the garden hose, it supplies water to the grass. God, the living water, is using us as the tool to accomplish what needs to be done. And so now I understand that whatever needs to be done, allow God to use me and not have to focus, and me not have to focus on me, but have to focus on, God, this is your program. God, this is your responsibility. As long as I'm going somewhere to eat and somebody paying for it, and I know that the ability, and they have assured me, hey, man, get what you want. Hey, it's no stress to me. My main thing is to get what I want, get what I paid for. But as long as I'm somewhere and I have limited sources and I'm trying my best to make sure, well, I want this, I want that, I won't be able to afford this, I won't be able to afford that, then it becomes a weight or a burden. So what we have to realize, God has given us the strength, the ability, the access. He has given us power and authority. He has given us dominion. But we have to understand our rights, understand our spiritual rights. Some of us don't understand spiritual rights because we don't understand our birthrights. This is the tool that you need right here. You know, I, I, I tell people, don't get me wrong, I love I love reading the Bible. But reading the Bible ain't all of it. The most important thing is studying the Bible. Studying the Bible. You can quote a scripture all day. But what does that mean? Do you know what you're reading? Do you understand what you're reading? You know, quote the scripture here. If I'm sick, I can go to the medicine cabinet and get any medicine. But just because I get any type of medicine, that may not fit the specific issue of the ailment that I have. There's a specific medicine or a specific prescription for whatever ailment that I have or whatever symptoms that I have. So in order for me to be able to have those symptoms removed, I have to get the specific medicine for that specific ailment that I'm dealing with. What's the use of taking if you have a headache? What's the use of taking insulin if you have a headache? What's the use of taking nitroglycerin when you have a paper cut? So whatever you're dealing with, whatever whatever that you may be looking to God's word pertaining to, you got to understand what it means and take the time to start digesting whatever you're studying. Always look at it like this. This is a perfect homework assignment for us. Whatever situation you deal with, find every scripture pertaining to that situation. Get intimate with the word of God. Write every scripture and then dissect each verse, each verse, each verse. Find out what it means in its original meaning and then put your name in it. See, the reason why I said that because there's an old saying that says, you know, the word of God alone will not win battles. 
It's the word of God in its proper use. And so many times we can quote a scripture, but we use it out of context. So we have to understand what God's word said pertaining to our specific situation. That's why I want to challenge each and every one of you. And I want to tell you, God wants you to know intimately. God wants you to know his word intimately. So many people there depend upon other people. Don't get me wrong. I love church. I can't wait for us to go to the building. But even if we're not in the building or even if the building is closed, the church is still open. Anytime, even if I don't have my physical Bible with me, I got my phone. I look at, I get on the app at any time. But the key thing is, anytime I have access to my phone, anytime I have access to pray, I can talk to God. I can commune with God. I can study. Same thing with you. There's no shortcuts when it comes down to knowing God. Main thing for you need to do that you need to do. Read what God words say pertaining to your situation. Study it. Meditate upon it. Do research on it. Invest in it. Oh my gosh. I, I have I have to say this. It might be turning a little bit. But the best investment that you can make for your purpose is investing in study material with the Word of God or in the Word of God. Buy commentary, buy Bibles, uh, translation of the Bible that you can read, that you can understand, so that way you can properly apply it to your life. You know, um, for those who may be musicians, you know, you can buy, you know, you can buy guitars. You can buy guitar strings. You can buy your fanciest one. You can uh, buy wardrobe with your name on and all that stuff. That's fine and dandy. And whatever business you want to get into, whatever uh, uh, business you want to open, you invest into that. You invest into things that you're interested in. But how many of us, listen, how many of us invest into how knowledge or how learning spiritually. We always talk about how learning is secular, but we very seldom talk about how learning is spiritual. I have to bring that up because so many of us, God has so many plans and purpose for us, but a lot of times we don't properly invest spiritually. We don't properly invest within ourselves pertaining to what God is trying to teach us, what God wants to teach us through his word. That's something we have to work on. So I'm telling you, matter of fact, this this is first investment. This is, my, this is the first Bible I actually bought that I wanted. A lot of the Bibles that I've had in the past were Bibles that, um, but actually it was one in particular. It was a, um, it was a, um, a parallel Bible. It was a parallel Bible that I had, and I loved it. It had five different, uh, five different translations that were in it, five or six, and I loved it. But I realized it was somebody that I met that didn't have one, and so I went on. I got this one. I got this one, and then I gave them the comparison. But see, the reason why I brought this up is because this one, my favorite color, purple, <laughs> and then my name on there. It made me realize I want to take this seriously. I want to take the word of God. I want to take my purpose, not just in what I want to do here, 
but ultimately and do my assignment here to to introduce people to Christ. But this was this was an emotional investment for me to make that I do not regret. I wanted to have a Bible that was custom made for me because I want to be able to pick it up. I wanna I wanna love picking it up. I wanna love picking it up and reading it, studying it. So I got this a couple years ago and I love it. Even though it may not be in the best condition, but guess what? It's mine. <laughs> so I said all that to say this. Being able to invest in yourself spiritually. Everything pertaining to what we need, God has it in his word. The Bible tells us he has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. He has given us everything pertaining to eternal life and godly living here on earth. And so in other words, he has a way for us to be able to understand the purpose and the plan that he has for us within his word. And like I said, we're so busy thinking about getting to heaven. Don't get me wrong. Making it to heaven, that's great. But enjoying the abundant life here on earth. That's what, listen, a lot of times we miss that as believers. We miss that. That doesn't mean that we ain't saved, but we miss the benefit of being a true believer by giving up the benefits of being saved. You understand? Just being saved, being healed, being delivered. And so God does not want you to be in fear in the purpose of the assignment that God has for you. The devil wants you to give up. The devil wants you to give in. The devil wants you to tap out. The devil wants you to uh, Make you feel insecure. Make you feel inadequate. Make you feel, well, you know what? Uh, they, they left you. Your husband left you. Your wife left you. You ain't going to do nothing. You ain't going to be nothing. Like I said, sometimes it takes it takes us going through a horrific experience for us to wake up. For us to wake up and say, you know what? God, you with me. I'm going to do it. Sometimes, like I said, sometimes it can be very scary where the people that you anticipated to help you or you expect to help you, they don't want to turn their back on you. Shoot, it's very disappointing. Look here, and on a personal note, you expect a person to be by your side, and what happens? They get killed. You know, even in this journey that I'm in right now, my sister, you know, you know, she, you know, I always talk about her because we were like one, but, you know, she was a small one, <laughs> you know, she was the one that was articulate. And even in my last time seeing her, we were talking, we were talking about our plans, our hopes, our dreams, us working together, even us being in love. We were talking about future relationships and all that stuff. And now, Two years later, she's not here. I'm here. But I remember, I remember in the midst of everything that we were going through when she first passed away, I remember God told me, keep living. That was a distraction that the devil tried to do. True enough, 
That was not God's will for her to be killed. That was the devil's will. But in the midst of that, that was a distraction. That was a distraction that the devil tried to use to stop me and to stop my other family members, to stop those that loved Sheila. The devil tried to use that to stop us, to paralyze us. But God said, I'm with you. You may you may be hurting. It's okay to cry. It's okay to say you're hurt. It's okay to say you don't understand. But keep on going. Don't stop. You may have ran while she was here, but now you may be crawling while she's gone. But the main thing is, don't stop. Keep pushing. You may feel like you wake up every. You make up some morning. You don't feel like doing nothing. But don't stop living. Don't stop living. The devil wants you to stop living. The devil wants you to, listen, if the devil can't stop you, he will give suggestions for you to stop, for you to self-annihilate yourself. If the devil can't physically get to you, he may not be able to touch you with his fingers, but he can get you within your range for you to hear these suggestions. If the devil can't attack you physically, he will try to get to you mentally. The devil wants you to stop. The devil wants you to give up. The devil wants you to throw in a towel. The devil wants you to just, you know, just turn your back on everything. Give up on everything. Give up on life. Give up on the hopes and the dreams that God has given you. But if you do what God tells you to do and just listen, you may not be able to understand why you get up. Just get up. Wake up. Do your part. Just wake up. If you can allow God to wake you up and you get up, lean upon him to handle the rest. Let God strengthen you as you do this journey called life. And I promise you, when the devil try to throw things at you, even when the devil throw you lemons, you know what you need to do? Make a lemonade stand. <laughs> when the devil gives you lemon, make a lemonade stand. Sell lemonade, make lemon pie, make lemon t-shirts, whatever. Whatever the, whatever the devil try to do, use it for your benefit and God's glory. In other words, make your pain profitable. God will make your pain profitable. God will make whatever you're dealing with and whatever you have dealt with, God will use it and turn it for your good, your benefit, and his glory. God will use that to help you to fulfill the purpose and plan that he has for you. You know, one of the things I often think about when my daddy said, when there were things go on, he said, there's always some good out of every situation. It was our responsibility to look at whatever happens, look for that good. Look for that good. And I promise you, if you trust God, listen, consult him. Let him mentor you. Let him massage your heart. Let him uh, unconfuse your tormented mind. Let him deal with it. He's the only one that can assure you victory. I see someone online right now. I'm going to give them the opportunity to come on and see who's on the air at this time. Hello, welcome to Reconnect My Heart Podcast. You're on the air. 
you know. Hello, welcome to Reconnect My Heart. Okay. Okay, this. Okay, we let them. Just in case they um they may not know the owner, I'll uh I'll give them opportunity uh in a couple of seconds. But I want each and every one of us for us to be able to look at what God has for us to do and do it. Don't let anything or anybody stop us from achieving the purpose and plan God has for us. You know, I see this friend of mine, okay. True enough, in the journeys that we have in life, it may seem like it's unbearable. But like I said, God promised us he would never put more upon us than we're able to bear. When God has assigned you something, he wants you to consult him. <laughs> he wants you. Some people may feel like, oh, you know, God is unapproachable. No, God wants you to come to him. God gave you the assignment. He has the blueprint. He has the, he has the, the blue book of everything. So consult God in every area of your life. And so just in case you're uncertain if you can do it, I want you, from this day forward, make time to talk to the co-owner of your goal, of your dreams, of your ambitions. If you're in a business and you're partnering with someone, you will consult, especially if you're the inexperienced one, you're going to go to the experienced owner and talk to him, talk to that co-owner, consult him. If he's the one that has the money, the knowledge, and he just have you on and he want to share with you the benefits of the ownership, you will consult him. Well, how about we use the same method when it comes down to our Heavenly Father, pertaining to our hopes, our dreams, our ambitions. And so just in case you may be the one who may even be trying to help someone, you may be that, that mother or that father who may be praying for your child or your grandchildren. You might be the one that pray that, you know what, God helped you. You might be interceding for them. You may not even see the fruits of your labor right now. doesn't mean that you stop praying. You may not see any potential of them achieving anything good or godly. But does that mean you stop praying? No, you don't stop praying for them. You don't stop praying because you don't physically see change because remember change comes from within change comes from within sometimes God may be dealing with a person internally before we see change externally so allowing God to fix everything and sometimes he has to fix people sometimes he has to fix people sometimes he has to exile people from us sometimes the problem may not be other people sometimes the problem may be us. There may be a bigger picture that we may be too blind to see. But asking God to help you to be able to remove those spiritual cataracts, unclog your deaf ears, and have you to listen to him and know that God can work any and everything out. But you cannot give up on the purpose or the plan that God has for you. God wants you to understand that he needs you to go forward. 
He wants you to go forward. God wants you to consult him. Talk to him. Don't be afraid. God did not give us the spirit of fear nor timidness, but of power, love, and a sound mind, which means self-discipline. I want to regulate your mind right now. God wants you to consult him. God wants you to give your mind over to him. The Bible tells us, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Also, the main thing, the, uh, the verse I always think about, it says, by the renewing of your mind, which means this mind right here, God want to renew. God want to trans- be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transform simply means the word means process. Of, uh, it actually is a word that, that says metamorphosis, which means what? Process. In other words, it has nothing to do with time, but it has everything to do with your will. Process. Process. Process is the same word that we use for progression. In other words, momentum. You keep going forward. Your will to keep going forward. Allowing God to help you to not give up the will to live. Give up the will to fight. You keep going forward. Keep pushing. So as we get ready to pray, I want you to think about everything that God told you to do that you might have pushed to the side. Everything God told you to do that you have abandoned. Everything that God told you to do that you felt like you were inadequate or you were not experienced enough or you felt like you couldn't do it. I want you to consider, true enough, you can't do it within your ability. And God never intended you to do it within your ability, nor your strength, nor your power, but through him. Now who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling. God want to sustain you, but you got to go to him. God want to uphold you, but you got to give it to him. God want to help you. In this situation that you're in, in this situation that you're facing, but also just in case someone who may be hurting by the disappointments, by the the friends or the friendship that has been broken, may God comfort you right now. No longer beat yourself up like somebody who tries to link themselves up in a relationship. Uh, it could be a courtship, it could be marriage or whatever, and you felt like you picked a helpmate, but you end up choosing a hurtmate. You thought someone that was going to be by your side to help you fulfill some goals, some dreams, but you end up getting someone that end up bringing you down instead of building you up. And now that person is out of the picture. You don't beat yourself up. You forgive yourself. You ask God to forgive you, and you ask yourself to forgive yourself. You ask you to forgive yourself. We want you to be able to understand we all have made mistakes, but we don't wallow in our mistakes. We don't stay in our mistakes. We stay within our purpose. Repent. Give it to God. Repent. Repent. That word repent is a short word, but it's a powerful word that sometimes 
something we often don't do. Repent. When a person feels like they don't need to repent, when a person feels like they have arrived, then they're saying that they're bigger than God. Nobody bigger than God. Nobody. I don't care who it is from. From the outhouse to the White House, nobody is exempt from repentance. Nobody is too big to repent. Nobody. We all, we all are right now under God's grace and mercy. Nobody is bigger than God. So we have to understand, don't let your mistake of your past define you. Let it refine you. Let God find you in the midst of the situation that you're in. Let him find you. Be found by God, by the blood of Jesus Christ. So as we get ready to pray, you know your issues, you know your concerns, you know your tissues and your issues. We want you to give it to God right now. We want you to understand that God has not forgotten about you. Even when you forgot about him, God has not forgotten about you. God has not forgotten about the hopes and dreams, the plans that you have. But God wants you to wake up spiritually so you can get up physically and do what God helped you to do. Dear Heavenly Father, we're coming to you right now. We thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We're coming to you right now, God. God, first of all, God, we ask you, God, to forgive us of anything that we said or thought or felt that was unlike you, God. We ask you, God, for your forgiveness, and we receive your forgiveness, and we thank you for your forgiveness. God, we're coming to you right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for another opportunity, God, to come before you, God. God, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for another chance, God, to make it right, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for another chance chance, God, to come to you, God, telling you thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for not abandoning us, God. Thank you, Lord, for not giving up on us, God. Thank you, Lord, for another opportunity, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for forgiving us, God, in the midst of our sins, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for forgiving us and giving us another opportunity, God. God, we ask you, Lord, and the purpose and the plan that we have that has been given to you, God. Help us, God, to take it seriously, God. Help us, God, to execute the purpose and plan that you have for us right now, God. Help us to understand we can't do it within our ability, God. But we know, God, that we can do all things through you right now, God. That you, you strengthen us, God. You give us the ability, God. You give us the mindset, God. God, even speaking right now, God, those who may feel inadequate, God, those who may feel like their past is too troubling for them to move forward, God, help them to understand right now, God, that you are married to the backslider, God. And, God, we even know, God, even in the midst of whatever that we may be getting ready to get into, God. Help your people to understand, God, that it's not our experience, our uh, ability, but it's our obedience to you, God, that will help us execute whatever you have us to do right now in the name of Jesus. And we bind everything the devil stand for and send them back to the pits of hell right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for the testimony from this, God. We thank you, Lord, for the finished product right now, God. We thank you, Lord, even for healing our broken heart right now, God. There are those, God, who may have a broken heart, God, or those who may be troubled at heart because of uh, they may have depended upon people that have let them down, God, who may have broke, them heart, broke their heart, who may have left them, God. 
comfort them right now, God, in the name of Jesus, and let them know, God, even when others have abandoned them, you have never abandoned us, God. And we even speak right now, God, to with them, be with them right now, God. In the name of Jesus, you will be a mother to the motherless, a father to the fatherless, a friend to the friendless right now, God. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we even speak right now, God, help us, God to understand who you are, God, and most importantly, God, and understanding who you are, God, who we are in you right now, and help us, God, and reveal our identity, God, in you right now, God, in the name of Jesus. It is not I, but it's you that lives in us right now, God, and we thank you for it right now, God. But God, those who may not be saved, God, that desire, God, to accept your son, Jesus Christ, as our Savior right now. In the name of Jesus, we even speak right now, God, there's somebody right now, they have been used to listening to negative people, negative-minded people. They've heard the negative words that it has, it has messed up their thinking, their ideology, God. God, we speaking, God, that you restore their mind right now, God. God, let them, let their mind line up with your word, God, of healing, of wholeness right now, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, we speak that you touch the bodies of those who are sick, God, to heal their bodies right now. In the name of Jesus, line up every cell, every tissue, every organ right now, God. God, we speak God, that you cure the lungs right now, God. Those who may be dealing with uh, pneumonia right now, God, clear the lungs right now, God. Those who may be asthmatic, God, we speak God, that you open up the air passage right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we even speaking, God, for those who may be dealing with the virus, the coronavirus right now, God. We speaking, God, for healing right now, God. Touch and heal their bodies. Raise them up right now, God. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we hold up the staff, God, the nurses, God, the doctors, the for the hospitals right now, God. God, we speaking, God, that you help their minds, God. There's a lot, there's a lot of responsibilities, God. And even because some of the carelessness of others that they have to work double and triple time, God. God, we speaking, God, that you give your people the wisdom, God, and help us, God, to be responsible, God, in this pandemic right now, God. In the name of Jesus. And we speaking, God, even touching the hearts of our leaders right now, God. Near and far right now, in the name of Jesus, our government, God, give your people that desire, God, give the people that desire, God, to do the right thing right now unto you right now, God, in the name of Jesus, help us, God, to keep you first, God, help us, God, even this division, vision in the United States, God, God, we speaking, God, that you Remove that division, God. God, let there be peace right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, you reign, God, in our lives. You reign over this nation right now, God. In the name of Jesus, help us, God, to be one under you right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, help us, God, to acknowledge you, God, not just with our words, God, but with our actions right now, God. In the name of Jesus, we no longer look at political parties, God, but God, we're looking up to you right now, God. God, let this let this division, let this hatred, let these murders, let these killings, let these attacks, God, move it out the way right now, God. In the name of Jesus, and help us, God, to be responsible. Help us to love one another, God. Help us to help one another, God. In the name of Jesus, God, help us, God. In the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I thank each and every one who tuned in. 
Uh, if you want to get in contact with me, feel free to contact me on Brother Prater. I'm on Facebook, Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, brother spelled out by brother and sister, Prater, P as in Paul, R-A, T as in Tom, E-R. Uh, you can catch me on my website at www.brotherprater.com. You will see my daily devotions on upcoming events and also my personal appearances. Also, you can go to the store section of my book, excuse me, store section of my website, where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to God and Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men the needs and the responsibilities and also uh, to help them in whatever situation they may be dealing with. Also to help young ladies who may be seeking the identity or how to be able to identify a, a man, a good man. Also, uh, my other book, uh, The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper, is uh, in memory and dedication to my sister, Sheila Prater. And it uh, talks about our journey, life that I had with her and even uh, disclose some uh, information pertaining to life outside of the, um, uh, my sister's presence. So I thank each and everyone who tuned in. I appreciate you all. Listen, I hope and pray that you all have a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous week. Remember, give us this day our daily bread. Let's take the word of God daily. Apply to our lives. God bless you and good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.